I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I think that's a good... Have you seen it? Have you seen it yet? No. <laughs> I cannot wait to share it. I cannot wait. I've been like holding on to this one. <laughs> Welcome to the Book Snarks Podcast, where hosts Crystal and Heidi talk about the books that keep... Welcome to the Book Snarks Podcast. We have arrived at the theories episode of Iron Flame, and we are so excited to dive into these juicy, juicy theories. But before we do that, spoiler warning, all things fourth wing all things Iron Flame, all things Rebecca Yaros. It's all up for grabs on this theories episode. So if you have not read any of that, come back, join us when you have. And also want to say, if you're enjoying this, if you like our podcast, if you like listening to us chitty chat, please consider telling a friend and helping us grow. It would mean the world to us. And with that, should we dive in? Let's go. Let's start off with the one everybody's talking about and everybody has a theory on, which is Violet's second signet. What do you think, Heidi? I think she's like a type of intrinsic as well, but in reverse. So in the throne room, in the battle, when she can see his point of view, like it's like she's shoving herself into your thoughts and into your views. And, and she can like oh. kind of see what you're thinking. So I don't, I don't really know what that would be called. Zayden can see your thoughts, but he knows that he's not inside your head and mm-hmm. she can see through your eyeballs. Yes. The throne room scene when she is like getting his perspective basically on how, how he see like not really how he sees her because I don't think she's looking through his eyeballs then. She's getting his thoughts as he's, and I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's so much him like projecting them on her. I think it's her shoving herself in there. Yeah, no, that makes sense because she kind of felt that the same way she does Taryn's emotions. She like felt his thoughts yes. as her own, but she knew they were his because they were his point of view. Yep, I could get on board with that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I think she's an amplifier. Yeah, okay, that that seems to be the common one too because yes, Brianna's signet amplified when she was around and she was able to pull the knife through the wall. Mira was able to build the shields and some of that intrinsic stuff got amplified too i think that amplifying would explain the intrinsic yeah part as well and signets are based on what the person needs and when varish was torturing her he said you need your friends your loves in your life and she needs to know they're okay so by amplifying them oh and brennan mended the ward stone when she was around yeah maybe she charges people up i okay I've seen I've seen the amplifying theory out there for sure and I the only one the only part of it that I had been on board with originally was uh Rhiannon when she's taking the dagger because Mira I feel like there there was already proof that she can do it given the right circumstances yeah. so I wasn't really like the amplifying on on that part but the in, the intrinsic part too if she that's a good call <laughs> I like that I haven't heard any other solid theories about her second signet besides maybe she can cure venomness because she can draw from the sky and that could sort of fill the void that the venom came oh, or took. I forgot this part. Like, you know, the venom vacuum. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she can fill that back up. I do 
and we might get we'll get to that a little bit i think but i do think that she is probably a cure the other part of my like reverse intrinsic thought was i because that's the how i think that she talks to kodak too Hmm. because otherwise i don't otherwise i don't know it's coda is that how you say it yeah (laughs) melgren's dragon yeah coda yeah you're right. She did talk to Coda. Yeah, there's like, otherwise, how is that explained? But she she used her voice, right? She didn't use mind to mind when she talked to him. But how else is she going to understand him? She, it has but to be. But he didn't talk back. He just kind of like nodded at her. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but that was ballsy of her to do. That was ballsy of her to do. Hmm. Hmm. Any other second signet thoughts? I don't think so. All right, let's get into <laughs> theory number two. Okay. Venom. This is a doozy, okay? So buckle up. I think that that you know how we learned that the venom are associated with the color, the green cut, the green fire, the blue fire, and then at the end we saw the red fire. Yes. I think the colors of the venom are associated with the abandoned dens of the dragons. You know how the dragons that abandoned their dens and came to the Vale and made this collective hatching grounds. Mm-hmm. Well, before that they had their own separate dens, mm-hmm. and I think the venom. The original venom who drained those dens oh. absorbed that color. So I think there might be some internal Ooh. battle between the venom based on color. I also think that there's probably an orange, maybe a brown venom that we haven't seen yet. But I don't think there's black yet because we know that the energy above the Ryerson house where the, the black dragon's den used to be is still active. There's still that energy field there and the venom haven't uh, drained from there yeah okay and then of course we have andarna's den we don't know where that originated mm-hmm. mm. but yeah okay so i like that i haven't i haven't seen this one yet so hopefully i'm an original thinker here but you never know we also know that Coda and taryn are from that hatching ground mm-hmm. just above the ryerson house and I think that they're gonna the venom will go after that hatching ground in future books of course i think the venom are very attracted to that energy that the hatching grounds produce. And let's see, they know the wards are failing, right? Because the dragons that fell into Arisha's wards mm-hmm. reanimated. This could also explain why the dragons of that color are susceptible to being wielded by the venom. And here's what I'm saying is Solus, Varish's orange dagger tail had terrible breath. And then Taryn, when they were searching for the uh, runes in the mountains, he's like, it smells of stolen magic before Solus mm-hmm. got there. Mm-hmm. So Solus could have turned, the dragons can turn venom, is what I'm saying. And he's an orange dagger tail and the venom, the orange venom, this is why I think there's probably orange venom. Okay. Now, Kath, Dane's dragon, also has stinky breath. And he... Dane's dragon calf is a red sword tail. Okay, red. There's red venom. We know there's red venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bade was an orange scorpion tail. Bade's Jack Barlow's dragon. And he was able to be wielded by Jack. Now, the venom that popped out of the Ryerson iron chest in uh, Corden when they were at Viscount Takaris' house had a tattered maroon tunic. So maybe he was a red fire venom. This is my, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I think that dragon can turn venom and it's based on the abandoned den colors. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I think that's a good. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Yet? No. <laughs> I cannot wait to share it. I cannot wait. I've been like holding on to this one. 
Okay, but what what is the the breath? I don't understand the bad breath. Like that's the venom. Like so, do we think that Kath is venom? I think Kath is venom. Maybe not Dane, but I think venom. I think Dragon can turn venom without their riders being venom. But maybe Dane is venom. I wouldn't put it past Dane, but I think Kath is venom. Okay, I don't think Dane is venom, but I could. I yeah. Okay, I for sure. I think Solus is. For sure. Yeah. How does that work, though? The colors match up. How does it work to have... We know that dragons can keep secrets. How are the dragons put up with it? If they're trying... Like, their concern is protecting the veil and their hatching grounds and their magic. How are they mm-hmm. going to allow Kath to be around, you know? Well, maybe Kath hasn't, like, isn't evil. Just like Lilith, I think, was venom and probably wasn't evil. Or at least Lilith's dad. They, they were looking for a cure. Nolan knows more than we know. He he was trying he had hope for Jack Barlow for some reason and he wrote Lilith that missive long long ago mm-hmm. about already trying to look for a cure. So he he has been dealing with venom management for longer than we understand. And I think the dragons wouldn't tell us because he, they don't want to alarm us or they don't want to cause panic or something like that. But I think that if the venom have drained the magic from the hatching grounds of that color dragon, that that color dragon is susceptible to becoming venom. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Well, this that kind of we go. Take- we're going straight into my next one because it's the Lilith venom stuff. Oh, so it's good transition. Yes, then. very very well done. <laughs> so when it comes to either either of Violet's parents being venom, because there's a lot of speculation about is. You know, like, why is her hair silver? Is Lilith Venon? Was she attacked? You know, blah, blah, blah. I do not think that her dad was Venon. Like, that's my my thought. I could get behind the, I could get behind Lilith being Venon in kind of a functioning Venon, if you will. Mm-hmm. I could also get behind that, that part of it that Violet was affected by the Venonness when she was pregnant. And that is what potentially makes her the cure. And that's why the venom want her so much. I could get on board with that. In addition, <laughs> I think that Papa Thorngale's research, the feather tail research that he's doing. I don't know if that, I don't know if I think that it's feather tail research. I feel like it's venom research and that it was, yeah. I think he was searching for a cure as well. And that was his research. And he, it was just like, hidden as Feathertail research so that people wouldn't know. Or maybe he knew about the seventh because he was in the archives, right? He could have gotten a hold of those journals or at least caught in a wind of them. I mean, Riddick knew they were there because of a letter in Lilith's office. Yeah. So it's only safe to assume that daddy Sorengale knew about them and probably knew about the seventh breed of dragon and maybe that where is where the feather tail comes in and maybe why violet and and darna together will be the cure i like it also a side note lilith uh had the antidote to remember she gave the antidote to that elixir that cuts them off from their dragon she gave it to violet she had it on her person Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what nolan made jack barlow drink at the Wardstone mm-hmm. to control his venomness. So maybe Lilith was chugging that a little bit here and there. It's like her little flask. <laughs> yeah. 
of the venom antidote. (laughs) She needs a hit every once in a while. (laughs) It's totally giving um, polyjuice potion in Harry Potter. (laughs) It totally is. (laughs) Are you ready for my second theory? I am ready. Zayden can teleport with his shadows. Okay. Ready for my ready for my receipts? I would like to Yes, I I am. I would like you to elaborate on this. Chapter 34, page 301, Zayden yanks Arik through the doors. He's holding the doors open to the archive so everybody can rush through before the doors close mm-hmm. after they stole the journals. Mm-hmm. And just as the door slams shut, shadows scatter along the floor like fallen leaves, and that's where the chapter ends. And then we cut into the next chapter and suddenly he's there mm-hmm. but we don't see him run out the door we just see a puddle of shadows on the floor okay number two chapter 36 page 321 but it's not just dane's arms holding me they're escaping from varish's torch torture here okay it's not just dane's arms holding me there are soft bands of shadows at my hips and beneath my arms mm-hmm. two zadens appear and then merge into one as i fight to stay conscious Yes, we could say that she was losing consciousness and seeing double. Okay, we could say that. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying he can teleport. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's I, it. That's I, the whole theory. I don't know if I can get on the the escape version of that. Because I do think that she was like dizzy and dehydrated or and losing consciousness or something along those lines. But I am not going to lie. I had the same thought for the archives escape not necessarily as in-depth as what you but i was in my head was like they just all of a sudden got out like it's they it's described as them like not being close enough to the time frame and then all of a sudden they're just good so i had that same thought because after that chapter i was like there's no way he's still in there like i thought the next chapter was gonna be yeah like somebody's somebody's fucked but no they're all fine and yeah interesting you're up next okay so we know that there's a seventh breed of dragon. There must have been a original writer to bond with that original breed of dragon, I think. Yes. I think that possibly the original, I don't know the lifespan of Venon. Okay. So I guess maybe that part hasn't been thought through, but like, who was the original writer? Why have they been forgotten or written out of history? We know that intrinsics are written out of history. So what if the original writer was an intrinsic and not killed? And that's the maven. And that's why we can are like all in the dreams. So was the original dragon of the seventh den Andarna's mom or dad or something like that? I mean, obviously they were related, but. I don't know if it's original because I don't think like, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the timeline. But when did, when did dragons and, and humans start bonding? Do we know that, that timeline? Was that like 628 years ago or was that like 100 years ago? I think it was uh, 600 years ago. And we know. Because like, that's when the wards went up at uh, Vazgaia. Yes. Okay. In Navarre. So Taryn's 100 years old. Is he an, and is he an old? No. Well, he's kind of like middle aged. He's, he's midlife. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I think the original seventh den was maybe like a few generations removed from Andarna. But she was in an egg for 650 years. So I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. So maybe it was okay. her parents. <laughs> anyway, seventh breed of dragon, seventh rider. Maybe the intrinsic part is a stretch, but why is like no, we don't know anything about that who that person is, and 
what if they, what if their signet was an intrinsic? What if that person is the maven? And that's how between those two, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's like a descendant of, I don't, I'm not going to go down that hole. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> because I keep like, for some reason, I can, I catch myself going down the rabbit hole of signets being like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like passed down, you know, like if. Um, genetic. If, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking that signets are genetic and they're they're not. They are based on you, who you are at your core and what you need or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just because Sloane's a, a siphon does not mean that her mom was a siphon type of... I mean, maybe she was, but it's not like a genetic hand-me-down. Right. So, but, I anyway. Mean, I, it, could, it could be because... I, it could be related, like epigenetically, <laughs> because... <laughs> Whoa. Like Violet was a lightning wielder and her mom did storms. Yeah, but we you know we kind of talked about Violet choosing lightning lightning. Felix told her that her mm-hmm. her signet was like raw power and she chose lightning as her way of Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like the, the writers choo- are choosing based on what their highest need is. And, you know, they grew up with their parents. So some of that is absorbed, right? Through upbringing. You know? Yeah. Super stretch for me. <laughs> what I just did. Epigenetically. <laughs> <laughs> science talk. <laughs> I'm just a science nerd. That's what all that is. But I can, I could definitely. Seventh breed. Seventh writer. The original, okay. the original writer is Maven. Is the Maven. I, I can get on board with it. Okay. And we know that Ven and are long lived because they sort of offer that to, I don't remember if it was Zayden or Violet, but. You could live forever or something like that. Do you remember that in one of their cryptic little messages? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they are long lived. They're like vampires. Yeah, they are like vampires. Like the evil vampire type, not the twilight vampire type. Right. <laughs> They're not vegetarians. They're not vegetarian vampires. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> All right. This is a. Uh... More, this is more of a discussion than a theory, but I think it's interesting enough to be included in the theories episode. And it's gravity. I want to talk about gravity mm. in relation to Brennan and Naolin and Violet and Zayden. In the epigraph of chapter 31, Brennan says, Everyone thinks most writers, writer cadets, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks most writer cadets die from dragon fire. The truth. But truth be told, it's usually gravity that gets us. And that's from the book of Brennan. Now, gravity is referred to or associated with love a lot in this book. So in chapter two, Violet refers to Zayden as her gravity. She says, he's gravity pulling me back to him by the force of his existence. And then again, in chapter 41, she says, he's the center of my gravity. And then again, in chapter 65, when they're talking about how she still loves him, she says, that's gravity, right? He's enough to keep my feet grounded. So if we relate that to the epigraph of the book of Brennan in chapter 31, then I feel like this is an indication that we're going to lose one of them, Zayden or Violet, because the truth is it's gravity that gets us. And I think that's maybe what Brennan is referring to as in love when it comes to Naolin. That That's it. And that will break my heart. That will break my yeah, heart. Yeah, I'm just going to say no to that. I don't receive that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to be true. I, I do not want this to be true, but 
gravity is is clearly a theme for Miss Yaros. Mm-hmm. I read the Book of Brennan epigraph differently, quite literally. Like I read it as people fall off dragons and they die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that type right. of gravity. <laughs> um, <laughs> and kept the the violet gravity Zayden like that. Like, I do think that is how she's referring to love, but I don't think that that is what I didn't really, I didn't really link those together because I I hope you're right for all our sakes. I hope I'm right too. I hope you are wrong. I hope so too. (laughs) (laughs) Do not receive that theory. Reject it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. You're up. I think the reason that Lilith was looking for a venom cure is because Brennan is venom. It drives me crazy that Zayden and Brennan get along so well without any explanation when Zayden's dad is supposedly the one that killed him. Thing one. Thing two, I think that when he was dying, he drew power and he's a mender and he saved himself. Ultimately, I think that he mends himself on a regular basis. That's how he is a functioning venom, if you will. I think he mends himself. Mm-hmm. Maybe I maybe I need more. I don't have any receipts for this one. <laughs> I can act. I can get on board with this because think about the rune on his hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that rune is imbued with some sort of control for him. Some sort of mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like cuts the urge down. You know, it's like his patch to his cigarettes. <laughs> you know, like he. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't feel the urge to draw from the earth as much. Like somehow that rune is controlling him in some way. He wouldn't have a rune on his palm if it wasn't imbued with something. Mm -hmm. It's obviously imbued with some sort of intention for him. And that rune gets glanced over. Mm -hmm. So I'm totally, I hadn't thought it was Brennan, but I'm totally, I can totally get on board with that. Yeah. I feel like the more, the more popular one is that Naolin is, was, is Venon or turned to Venon trying to... Mm -hmm heal him and it cost him everything. I think Naolin is, I mean, we could go down that road too, as far as like who Naolin is. If he is, is he still around? Is he the maven? Yeah. But I think he is still around. What do you think? I think he's probably around, but if he's still around, then it kind of goes against my, like, how close were they? How close were Brennan and, and Naolin? Because I think they were lovers and mm-hmm. if they're both venom, why you know, why did Brennan choose to go the revolution route and Naolin is not a part of the revolution? Yeah, I think this would tie into my venom colors thing too. Like maybe they're two different types of venom, or maybe Naolin just went bad and yeah. Brennan That's, didn't yet. Yeah. But really, why is it not talked about? Like if Finn Ryerson is the one who killed Brennan. Like, that's the first thing that we learn about the Ryerson, Soren Gill. Mm-hmm. Fen killed Brennan. Um, Lilith killed Fen. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So, like, I just don't understand why it's not talked about more. Why do, Why are Zayden and Brennan on all part of the assembly and, like, Chemi? Yeah, what is... Uh, I think that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that either. All right, are you ready for my next juicy theory? Yes. This is a good one. Let's talk about... The rings and the luminary. So we found oh. out that the luminary is this giant blue ring. And what a luminary does is it amplifies dragon fire to imbue the daggers that kill venom. Did you read it that way? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this big ring amplifies whatever's going through it. And on page six and seven, 
Suri, she's a part of the assembly. She's mentioned very briefly there. Mm -hmm. She's wearing an emerald gemstone ring. And Rebecca Yaros calls attention to that emerald gemstone ring. And then on page 383, Viscount Takaris is wearing a Mm -hmm. gemstone ring as well. And and he's got a blue tunic on. And I think that they're one and the same. I think these little rings are somehow amplifying power or maybe even amplifying the wearer's signet or maybe it's some sort of protection from venom because remember Viscount Takaris is pretty well he's protected from the venom in some way maybe through his own cahoots but also through his own design because he's got the stones mm-hmm. that they can't touch and all this and that so I think that the rings are important and I, I don't know what I don't know what they mean yet but I think they're important. I forgot about the ring at the beginning. I like I like that. And the color. The color the color means something too because she calls attention to what Viscount Takaris is wearing and then she points out that Suri's ring is green and the luminary is blue and I think these colors all go back to the relation of venom, the color of venom. Mhm. So Somehow. back to the the dragon breeds basically, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we talk about source of power. We talked about it in our deep dives, how Rebecca Yaris mentioned the source, the source, the source, like there's a source of power. Mm-hmm. And I think that has something to do with the dragons and color. That's it. I remember <laughs> you. I remember you mentioning the luminary luminary in uh, in the episode and I was like, I can't wait. I want to know what she thinks about that. Cause I like, I feel like it was important, but I was like, hadn't put any thought into like, why or what the possibilities could be the color has something to do with it the rings have something to do with it the fact that it is itself a ring right rebecca yars better tie this up in a beautiful little bow for us in 2026 (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) all right you're up i'm i think i'm done that was all i had yeah okay i got another one okay i want to talk about melgren's premonition at the solstice battle I mean, he said that the battle would be at Sam- at Samara based on his vision. He and his forces were there and Zayden even looked and said, you know, they're all shielding. I can't read Melgrin, but this one over here on the on the side is terrified and thinks that it's true. I think it one of two things here. Melgrin is either in league with the Venon and set the trap to lure Zayden and group to Basgaith while he has this alibi to not be in Basgaith and be in Samara. And he's banking on that Violet would take the bait in battle brief and send their forces to Basgaith to be annihilated. Or option two, he was given a premonition by a powerful Venon somehow, and he believes that it it really is going to be in Samara. Like his vision really did happen, and we trust that his vision is real. And he truly didn't know that they were coming to Basgaya. I'd like to believe that one because I think Coda would know if his vision was real or fake, but I don't don't know his blocking capability, you know? I think it's a little bit of a mix of both. I think that He's in league with Venon. I do think that. But the vision he got, much like Violet chose what memories she wanted to show to Dane, mm-hmm. perhaps his the vision that he got for Samara was a forced and chosen vision, if you will, mm. to still get everyone to Bisgaith. Because that's where they want Okay. You know what I mean? Okay, I got a couple more. You ready for the next one? I love this. Yes. <laughs> keep, keep them coming. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) 
So in this chapter 61 epigraph that you read in our deep dive said, though there is some debate, it's greatly believed that turning venom heightens one of the dark wielder's senses. Okay. So Zayden's going to have an, a heightened, another heightened sense, right? I mean, that's how it's, right? I, I think it's logical to assume that Zayden has a heightened sense based on this epigraph, but how the one in that epigraph has keener eyesight, like how is it decided what sense gets heightened but he already can see in the dark he's shadows yeah so does he show anything in those last in that last point of view no but i think he i think he's gonna he's gonna be a superhero like with all the stuff two signets and now he can read minds he can he's superhuman yeah and he can teleport with a cure at his side (laughs) yeah isn't that cool what else you got <laughs> I think I talked about them all. I already talked about the venom internal battle, but we can talk about that a little bit deeper. The internal battle. I think the venom are fighting their own civil war, and maybe they're just joining forces to get to the veil. But I think that there is some turmoil because we're seeing all these colors mentioned that I mentioned several times in this theories episode. But to your point, when you said in the deep dive, the assassins that are coming to kill the marked ones that were at Resin are likely in league with venom like we saw the giant ogre had red rimmed eyes jack mm-hmm. barlow tried to kill her last year but then all of a sudden some venom are like no we want to keep her alive and mm-hmm. jack barlow's like no we want to keep you alive now yes so there's some conflict about that it is a 180 for jack for sure like why he mm-hmm. he wanted to kill her so badly from jump from yeah. the parapet like right and then he saves her life right it's not the math isn't mathing there no All right. The last one I have is, and you mentioned that Violet slash Andarna are going to be a cure, but what about Sloan? What role is Sloan going to play? Because we know that siphons can naturally imbue. So, and we know that Brennan has this rune on his hand. So what if she's the cure? What if Brennan was cured? What if Brennan was cured? I like this. I don't know how Sloan's the cure. Outside of like, can she siphon the venom out of you? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Right. So <laughs> it seems counterintuitive because the the reason venom are a danger to the world is because they siphon. Yeah. <laughs> magic from the earth. Yes. So I feel like a siphon is the writer's version of venom. So I, I can't connect the dots totally, but I think that she's going to play some sort of role and she's going to be a big important part, I think. I think so too. I just don't know how it looks, but I totally agree with you. Here's a, a thought, because we don't really know. We know that, because Emeterio didn't go with them to Arisha, correct? Emeterio is the right. sparring teacher, professor, mm-hmm. if you will. Okay. Yep. We Him know and Kaori stayed. Okay. And we like, but we like Kaori. He's good. Yeah. We like Emeterio like too. But I, I, for some reason, I feel like they have like, He's kind of like eyes on the ground because I feel like it's impossible that you have these kids basically fighting for their lives every other day. They are literally battling to the death sometimes. Somebody's got to draw magic on accident, kind of. What if they're watching? What if he is like, oh, there goes another one. You know, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. But I just feel like that's... I agree with you. And you mentioned this in the deep dive, but the second squad, is it the second squad? Something's funny there. Mm-hmm. Where Jack, Bar- the squad that Jack Barlow is in. I think there's just venom 
walking around in plain sight. I like part of the community. I think it's more common than we think. But didn't Solus torch Second Squad? Isn't I, that who he but torched? I think he was doing. I think so, but I think he was doing that to get to Sierra. Sierra. Okay, and we know, and Sierra obviously was not been in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that it is more common than we know thus far. I think so too. Because when I mean, they're just be chilling when they're. What's it called when they get their signet? They um, manifest their signet. Thank you. Manifest. Man, I cannot find words. Okay. When they <laughs> manifest their signet, <laughs> it starts to manifest when you like need magic sometimes, like probably majority of the time. And yeah. wouldn't it be natural for that to happen when you are in the heat of a battle and like trying not to die? A couple other things I want to talk about. Not maybe not so much theories, just like what does it mean? Yeah. We know Zayden is Venon, and we know that he, in that last point of view, he shows us what went down between him and the Venon, and he said, I killed him. I cut the tether between him and the Venon. Mm-hmm. But we know that Venon can control the people that they turn. Did we read that somewhere? I don't know. I feel like we did. <laughs> I feel like somehow I, I read that. Maybe it was in that blurb about Venon, how like the mavens control the sages and the sages control the thing. And it could have just been a military hierarchy system, but it felt to me like they can kind of control, like wield them. We know that about Wyvern for sure. Mm -hmm. So it, I don't know. So maybe Zayden cut that tether, that tether, meaning yes, he is Venon, but he is no longer connected to a higher up venom because he killed the yeah. what i'm assuming is the sage that turned him yeah okay i like that that i can get behind yeah so i, I received that have, <laughs> yes <laughs> so he won't have venom loyalties mm-hmm. in the next book and maybe that's what that rune does on brennan's hand is it cuts the tether from the venom boss mm-hmm. i don't know and that's how you can be a functioning venom exactly exactly but what is the maybe that's the antidote too that's the same like same idea there too that it like doles the the tether with the venom that created you just like it doles your connection to your dragon yeah yeah maybe that's exactly what that that juice does that elixir yeah okay all right oh no not the it wasn't the no it's the antidote elixir the antidote that's what um you know, Lilith's no, the flask. Antidote. Oh, Lilith's flask was the antidote. Yeah. Yeah. No, but sh- oh, fuck. I'm going to have to rethink this because the antidote is the antidote to the elixir, which cuts them off. Right. So, so it's I the antidote like it's the el- to, oh, okay. <laughs> I got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Joey and friends right now, like <laughs> three steps behind, like, <gasps> whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> still, I still think it's all, it all still, it's, it all still tracks. Like Violet still had the antidote and the elixir does cut him off, but maybe she needs the antidote when she needs to attach to her dragon to wield storms. And that's why the antidote was is always on her person. Yeah. All right. But Okay. Last thing I want to talk about is the blue dragons. So we know that there's blue fire venom. Like all of my theories are based on this one color theory, the the theory of venom associating with the dent, the color of the dragons in some way. I can't wait till we learn why they have different fire. And if it's different, it's just going to be like, I quit. I know if it's just random, I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Anyways. Uh, So the blue dragons, we know that Sigail 
does what she wants. You touched on this in the deep dive. She bonded Zayden, even though she knew there was a chance he could go mad or develop a second signet, which he did do, a second signet that she kept from Taryn. Mm -hmm. So she does what she wants, but what's with this blue line? Like, the blue line is important, and there are blue venom. But where are more blue dragons? Are there more blue dragons? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think we've seen more blue dragons Mm -mm. than I remember. And we don't know any other black dragons, Besides Taryn and Coda, but we know that mm-hmm. two more were born, but we don't, yes. I don't feel like we hear anything about blue dragons and we don't know yeah. where they came from. And like we get, we know where the green, cause the green dragons gave up their original den at some point. Mm-hmm. That's what became the yeah. bale, right? Well, that's what we think. We don't know. Okay. Because there are green venom. So if my theory is true, then the green den originally is outside Somewhere of Navarre's wards. And they moved here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we know where green dragons come from. We know where black dragons come from. And then the we, we get wind of the orange because that's where they were did that hike. And that's where uh, Bade showed up, remember? Mm-hmm. And Tarn or one of the dragons says, yeah, this used to be the orange hatching ah, grounds. They go. kind of were sporadic. Yeah. So that's where the orange w- were from. And there was no mention of a like energy source for the hatching grounds there. So it could have gotten drained. It probably was drained, but that's Taryn even mentions that it smells like stolen magic. And we, I, like I assumed that it was because Stol- Solus was there and he's a venom dragon. It's just, I guess, my yeah. train of thought now. But what if it's all stolen magic because there's nothing left? It was, it all got stolen. Right. Something's funny. Something's funny with the blue line though. I can't put my. We just don't know anything about it. it. And yeah, why, why was she allowed to. Why was she allowed to pick Zayden? Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I'm assuming she probably wasn't, but there's nothing they could do about it. Hmm. All right. Any last, any last thoughts on theories before we wrap? I don't think so. I... Those are some good ones though. Yeah. Oops. Those are some good ones. Well, in one year, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> what we hit. did we hit the mark let's see let's see what else we can come up with in the next 12 months it'll be great yeah well, well yeah i'm sure more will come to us but for right now that was our theories episode and that's a wrap that's a wrap on iron flame yes until the third book until <laughs> until until probably next november or maybe october when we start rereading everything and things will pop up again i'm sure yeah <laughs> Now that we are finished with Iron Flame, we are going to move into SJM Universe. Our next episodes uh, will be an SJM author spotlight. We're going to dig into kind of her influences, her writing style, all of our favorite things about her books. We are going to take a little bit of time off for the holidays after that. And then in January, we will dive into the first two Crescent City books. So we'll do deeper dives on those two books and get ready for the January 30th release of Flame and Shadow. Part of those episodes are going to be some theories going into that third book too, which there's, ah, it's so fun. (laughs) It's like my favorite part. (laughs) But these books are so so good. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back into some SJM world because damn it, they're just so good. So that's what we have coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will chat soon. As always, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Look for us on socials. We are on Instagram and TikTok at BooksNarksPod. We are on YouTube. Find us there. Leave us your reviews. Leave us your comments. Leave us your questions. Till next time, happy reading, y'all.